Hello everybody, welcome to another Is It Worth a Tenor review from Wulong Talks. Hi, my name is Jason, I'm the host of the Wulong Talks podcast, as you know. And uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, yeah, it's been a little while since I've done a review, and I do apologise for that. Um, as I mentioned on the last one, you know, life stuff just happens sometimes, and you have to kind of take a break and prioritise other things. But anyway, I'm back in the hot seat, I'm here, and this is going to be a slightly different Is It Worth a Tenor review, because I'm actually going to try and do two movies at, at once on this review, so that means this one's going to be slightly longer than the usual format that you're used to. Um, hopefully you won't find it too distracting, and I will try to avoid rambling too much, as I usually do, as I'm doing right now. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try and do the two of them together. So as to just save us all a little bit of time, really. Um, I have been seeing a lot of movies recently and I just haven't had the time to do individual reviews for all of them. So I figured why not, you know, put two of them together and, and knock out the two in one. Um, well today I'm going to be talking about two movies that I've seen fairly recently. Um, one of which is The Predator, which came out in UK cinemas uh, about two weeks ago now. Um, and the other one is called Ghoul, which is uh, less a movie and more a, a miniseries, really. I guess a web series is the more accurate phrase for it. Um, but they're very contrasting in terms of my feelings and opinions towards the two of them. So first off, let's start with The Biggie, uh, The Predator. This was a movie that... Um, I wasn't really anticipating as such, I guess that's the wrong way to put it, but I am a big fan of um, the, Predator, the, the Predator franchise as a whole. Um, it's one of the, the things that I've really enjoyed, especially the expanded universe and the things that have been done with, with the, the books right up till the recent work that Dark Horse Comics um, have done with the, the Predator and with Alien and with the Prometheus franchise as well. Um, I always talk to people about uh, the series Fire uh, Fire and Stone uh, and how good that series is and how well it has melded together those three kind of universes and franchises and how it's brought together, you know, Prometheus, Alien and Predator um, into such a believable universe. Um is something that you know I feel the movie should have been doing a, a long time ago, really, uh, and never have done. Um, so I didn't really have you know high hopes for the Predator going into this because I didn't. I've kind of fallen out of, of love with the Predator movies because they've just progressively gotten worse really over time. Um, but I did have some kind of hope for this movie in the sense that because it was being written and directed by Shane Black, who is a, a filmmaker that I'm a big fan of, um, I thought, you know, 
this is a, a good sign. This is somebody who was involved in the first Predator movie. Um, he did some work ghostwriting the script and he played Hawkins, of course, uh, the iconic Hawkins from that series. So, um, you know, for me, I thought that this was a real sign that we were going to get a return to some kind of form. Um, sadly, the answer to that, though, is is no. And, you know, we're, we're not getting a return to form here. We're, we're getting a movie that I think, frankly, is going to kill the Predator franchise for at least a decade. Um where do I begin? Well, I guess I'll try and start with the few positives. But I mean, basically, for those of you who don't already know, um, The Predator is a, a movie set in the modern day. Um, it's set within the, the, the movie Predator universe, but it only really references Predator 1 and 2. Um, so the Predator, or sorry, Predators, um, from 2010 isn't referenced, neither is uh, Alien vs. Predator, although there are, there are a few kind of subtle nods here and there. But generally speaking, um, there isn't much reference to the, to those particular movies. This movie is considered sort of a follow-on from, from Predator 2, basically. Um, as said, it's set in the, the present day, um, and it starts by kind of introducing you to uh, a character called Quinn McKenna, uh, he's played by Boyd Holbrook from Narcos. Um, he's a guy that I was a big fan of in the Narcos series. I really enjoyed Narcos. Well, I enjoyed the first two seasons of Narcos. Um, the third season, not so much. But, um, you know, he, he was somebody who quite who stood out quite a bit for me alongside um, the main actor in that series. And I always kind of felt he, he has, um, you know, a lot of charisma and, and talent within him. Um, and I enjoyed his portrayal in Logan as well, where he had a short role in, in, in that movie, and I thought he was pretty good in that too. Um, so I was looking forward to kind of seeing him on, on the big screen here, and, and here he plays um, a special forces soldier um, who, along with his platoon, are, are on a mission in South America, and um, whilst they're on a mission, they come under attack from a predator, and, and he's the, the lone survivor. Um, he manages to steal something from the the predator, and he ships it off to his son, um, who he's slightly estranged from, um, over in the United States, uh, and he keeps the, the the stolen item for safekeeping with his son. Um, then, kind of what unfolds is is a, a series of events based around the fact that he stole this item from the the predator, um, the predator that was hunting his his group get becomes captured by some government forces and an organization which is tasked with with kind of watching the stars and they're all aware of the existence of the predator they know the predator is there and have been preparing for you know for years with um a, a view to um dealing with this predator and when it returns to earth and, and so on and so forth um then it, uh, things kind of escalate from there um, because they, this, it turns out this predator they've captured is a fugitive predator who's come from um, the predator home, home world and is on the run, basically on the lamb on planet Earth. Um, and another predator, um, what they call the upgrade predator, has been sent to capture this one. Um, and the story kind of unfolds from there. Now, with as you know, with these reviews, I don't give away spoilers too much, so... Uh, I won't go too much further into what kind of happens with the plot and things like that, but um, yeah, it just there's a lot of problems with this movie. Um, you know, the positives are I would say that the the first kind of twenty minutes of it are okay, um, as in they're they're fairly you know it's a fairly kind of serviceable. 
Predator 1 tribute movie, I guess. Um, so the first kind of, yeah, as I said, the first 20 minutes are, are not too bad. You know, they're, they're fairly enjoyable and you'll get some kicks out of it a little bit in terms of, you know, getting back into a jungle setting and, and things like that. But beyond that, it really is a, a, a complete mess of a film. Um, first of all, the, the script is is really bad. I mean, you can tell this movie has been cut several times. Apparently there's been problems uh, or there were, you know, quite highly publicized problems with the production of The Predator and you can see it very clearly in the finished product that they've brought to cinemas because it feels like you're watching three different movies at once. Um the tone of the movie shifts around wildly, you know, you can't really tell whether it's a comedy or whether it's a horror or whether it's a serious movie that's trying to make a statement about something it it tries to do all of those things and and fails on on all levels really i think i maybe laughed once um during the movie and i'm sure that was at an unintentional place as well um the classic sort of predator design is a plus um they've upgraded that so to speak um, so that you 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 know this predator has a slightly different mask design and and some cool weapons and things like that and and all the practical kind of effects and things like that that they did are, are, are very good you know really really good. Um, where it kind of falls apart is when the CGI kind of becomes involved because the CGI for me is terrible and I'm no expert on on CGI and things like that. I'm I'm not. I'm just a fan, but you know I know what my eyes are telling me and looking at it on the big screen it just looked awful at certain points um in particular the upgrade predator which i felt was just yeah just really weak and and rubberish you know it it looked like sort of it looked like a jello man or something like that um you know it it didn't feel like it had any real kind of texture and, and belonged in the actual scene um you know so that was was really poor um, the script, as said, was just really diabolical. I mean, some of the character arcs in here were dreadful. They just the characters don't go anywhere. Um, they're given, you know, some terrible lines. And uh, at times, I had to remind myself that this was a movie written by Shane Black, who is known for being, you know, a terrific dialogue writer. Um, he's somebody who who knows how to deliver really punchy, you know, witty lines. Um, and has shown through his own kind of directorial work over the years that he's a, a more than competent director as well. So the fact that this movie feels so rushed in certain places um, and just incoherent is is just, yeah, really, really surprising, to be honest. Um, there's just some really weird kind of things done with the plot as well that don't make a lot of sense. Um one of the uh, characters is a, a young boy who's the son of Boyd Holbrook. Um, he's played by a kid called Jacob Tremblay, who you'll remember from the movie The Room. Um, and he's brilliant. Like, he's really, really brilliant. He is. He's, he's so good, this kid. Um, you know, I, I marvel at just how good he is because um, he's way better than the material that he's given. Um you know the material's terrible, but his performance is is really really good, and and he's probably the only person who can walk away from this movie with his head held high, uh, because he's done a fantastic job. But 
yeah, they're, they're just odd choices made left, right and centre. Um, you know, as said, his character, uh, Jacob Tremblay, is autistic. And, you know, the way autism is handled in this movie just kind of is bizarre. It's It, it falls into that category that Hollywood kind of always does with, you know, people with mental illnesses and things like that, where it treats them like they're some kind of magician or something like that. And it's just odd because it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, you know. Um, there's several characters who join Boyd Holbrook in, um, in this movie as well. Uh, they're referred to as, as kind of the crazies or the, the loonies, I think is, is the name they call themselves. Um, played by various actors like Travante Rhodes and Alfie Allen, Thomas Jane, uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Um, and they're all great, you know, performers in their own right. They're all really, really good people that I've enjoyed in other movies who in this movie just bored the hell out of me or just left me confused because the again the dialogue they were given and and what the script demands from their characters is just so odd so so odd (laughs) it really is like there's certain points that you'll just be scratching your head thinking huh what what was that you know um there's lots of kind of blood and, and gore but it's the pacing in the film is so bad that none of it really matters. It just kind of, to me, it, it felt like excessive, and that's a weird thing to say because I'm I'm certainly not a prude when it comes to movies, and I have no problem with, you know, films being quite explicit with what they do, provided that there's you know a correct context for what you're doing. Um, but here, it just kind of felt like. I don't know, like they couldn't think of anything else to do. Or, you know what it is actually? No, I know what the problem is. They substituted tension for gore. Whereas in, for example, you know, if you cast your minds back to the original Predator movie, you know, what made the gory moments all the more impactful was, you know, the skill with which the the director, John McTiernan, kind of built suspense and pressure around the the characters and the story so that it built up to a a crescendo and then you got the gut punch of of something shockingly violent happening and that just kind of rammed the point home whereas here it's just kind of oh let's cut a hand off here and a head there and this person will bleed out there and we'll chop this guy in half because that'll look cool and it just doesn't really you know there's no impact um, it's just over the top. It really felt over the top to me. Um, and yeah, it, it felt like they were covering up for, for the fact that, you know, there, there was no way in which they were going to be able to build proper tension into the scene. I think there's probably one scene that I can remember that had, you know, a modicum of tension in it where a, a character played by Olivia Munn, um, who's a scientist, is, is trying to get away from the, the predator in, in a laboratory. Um, and that sort of sequence was was quite well done. Um, that felt like the you know the predator tradition of movies for me. But um, the rest of it, is, as I said, is just absolutely bereft of tension. Um, the third act of the film is absolutely awful, just awful. I don't, I can't believe that they went and did reshoots, and you know that was the best that they could come out with for the reshoots. It it just really is terrible. Um, again, I don't want to get into to spoiler territory in case there are people who do want to go and see this. Um, but yeah, just wow. 
<laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of a, another movie I've seen this year that's had as weak a third act as, as The Predator, and I can't think of one. Um, not off the top of my head anyway. It, it just was weak, really weak. Um, there's an obvious kind of attempt to, at setting up a sequel, which I doubt is going to happen now, considering um, that the movie is, you know, it's making some money, but certainly not enough to justify uh, the amount of expense they've spent on this movie which is upwards of about 100 million the the last report i heard um and it just yeah it feels really oh heavy-handed and and ill-conceived um you know there's literally a, a key character in the plot who dies and it's done in such a ham-fisted way that you know, none of the characters kind of even acknowledge that he's gone, and it's just like you're just left to go. Oh, okay, well he's dead, and that's the end of that. Move on. Um, yeah, the, the Predator is is really not a film I could recommend you spend a tenner on. So is it worth a tenner? No, 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 no. <laughs> if you really, really want to see it, then fine, go ahead. If you're a Predator, you know, diehard Predator fan. Um, but I suspect if you are a diehard Predator fan, you're going to be disappointed by, by what you see. Because um, I sure as hell was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Predator, no, I can't recommend it to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do that in good conscience. But um, if you do want to see the Predator, then as said, it's still out in UK cinemas at the moment. So um, you should be able to pick it up at your local, local multiplex. But otherwise, I would say wait until it comes out on, you know, a streaming service somewhere and, and check it out then, as said, if you really want to see it. Now, on to the second movie. Um, and this movie is a movie I feel the complete opposite about. Um, sorry, I keep referring to it as a movie. It's not really a movie. I know it started life as a movie, but um, it's actually more a, a mini series. Um, anyway, what I'm talking about here is a, a series on Netflix called Ghoul. Um, this series came out this year. Um, I only just kind of discovered it uh, not too long ago, actually, about a week ago, when I was sort of doing one of my Netflix surfing sessions and stumbled across the the, the actual page for it on Netflix. It's actually a really, really good miniseries. So let me explain a little bit about it. It is... Um, as I said a, a web series it's a horror um and it's set in india in kind of like the near future um and it's this really kind of totalitarian future where india has has become this semi-fascist state where um you know education is is very much controlled and, and monitored um and religion is strictly policed um, and in particular, uh, Muslims and, and the Islamic faith um, is strongly controlled by, by the state. Um, and within this world, uh, there are like a group of, of freedom fighters, I guess. Well, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, so we can call them freedom fighters. But there's a group of freedom fighters who have been, you know, causing trouble for the state and, and killing innocent people, apparently. Um and so the the state have put together various task force to to kind of forces to kind of deal with this threat, um, and what they do when they capture these threats is they take them to this like kind of secret internment camp um, where they torture the, these people um, and get them to confess to crimes, sometimes crimes that they didn't commit, and then they kill them. Um, 
and the story of, of Ghoul kind of focuses on uh, a main character called Nida, um, who's played by uh, an Asian actress called Radhika Apte. And um, Nida is somebody who comes from the Muslim faith and she's from an Islamic background and her father is, um, among other things, a teacher. Um, and she decides that she wants to join, you know, these um, the, these government special forces and she decides she wants to do something to, to be seen as a patriot, um, to be seen as loyal to uh, her country, India. Um, this puts her at odds somewhat with her father, who uh, is very much um, a believer in, you know, freedom and free will um, and sees kind of what the government is doing as fascism and, um, you know, is very much against that, though he, you know, is careful not to, to kind of uh, publicise his, his views so, so much. Anyway, um, he ends up running afoul of um, the government forces uh, and Radhika joins these government forces uh, after training in an academy um, and because he's run afoul of these government forces he's taken to this same internment camp. Um, now it turns out that Radhika after she finishes her training which is in uh, enhanced interrogation techniques um, she is sent to this same internment camp um, to interrogate several prisoners that they have locked up there. Um, and as the plot progresses, um, the government forces manages to capture the, one of their, their biggest targets, a, a terrorist called Al, Ali Saeed, um, and they take him to this internment camp um, for questioning and, and, and so on. Um, anyway, as the kind of events unfold, um, it turns out that there is a presence of, of something very, very dangerous and evil within this internment camp. Um, and as a series of kind of strange events start unfolding and, and violent events, um, you know, Nida is then kind of faced with a, a decision where she has to basically fight for her life to survive, um, surrounded uh, by enemies on, on both sides and said this malignant force um and what unfolds is really kind of one of the the most exciting and, and sort of gripping you know web series i've i've seen in a while um the idea i, I thought was was brilliant and i love i'm somebody who's a, a fan of different cultures and uh very much a fan especially of, of the mythical elements of different cultures and um, this series kind of explores um, some sides to, uh, of Arabic folklore and um, some sides of Islamic faith that you don't normally see in, in movies that we get over here. Um, and it's really, really well done. Um, some of the, the practical effects they pull off in, in this series are fantastic as well. Um, just the, as I said, the complete opposite of Predator, really, in the sense that, um, you know, in in this kind of series and, and, and this kind of scenario and setting, they, the filmmakers realise that less is more. Um, and that's what they do. You know, they, they're very careful about how they portray certain scenes and about how they, they handle um, certain set pieces and situations. And it comes through really well. Um, you can see there's a lot of passion and, and love behind um, the product, uh, behind the, the series that they've made. 
Um, and you can see as well that the actors are taking it seriously and they're taking it seriously because the script is actually really good. Um, there's some excellent dialogue in there and the performances are, are, are brilliant. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Radhika Apte is the star of, of the show and, and she's just superb. Like she's just such a, a compelling actor. Um, and, you know, she's in the tradition of, of Ripley and Sarah Connor and, and those kind of just super badass <laughs> female protagonists. Um, you know, she's she's given like so much depth to, to her character and complexity as well. Um, you know, that's what is so strong about the writing for this show is is the complexity of the characters involved. Nobody is, you know, a, a one-dimensional, this is a good guy, this is a bad guy. There, There's, there's kind of shades of grey with everyone. Um, and you can kind of, and it leaves you with, uh, enough to debate about whether people were making the right decisions or the wrong decisions. Um, and, you know, as said, in, in these kind of shows, you know, good people sometimes make bad decisions and those bad decisions can have even worse consequences. And that's um, definitely at the heart of, of what Ghoul is about. Um, but it's got, you know, some terrific horror in there as well. Um, it, it's actually co-produced by Bloomhouse Productions, excuse me, um, Bloomhouse Productions, who you should probably know that name by now because they're just about one of the biggest names in, in horror movies in Hollywood. Um, Bloomhouse Productions are the people who produced uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out, uh, Happy Death Day, um, loads, loads more. Um, pretty much any horror movie you can think of that you enjoyed over the past like five, six years, Bloomhouse Productions were involved in it. Um, and you know, it, it gives a, a certain pedigree to the, the series. Um, but not that it really needed it anyway, because as I said, the writing and, and directing are so strong and, and the acting is, is so strong as well. Um, some of the other supporting actors are, are just brilliant. I mean, some of them I'd, I'd never actually heard of before. I'll, I'll hold my hand on my heart. I haven't watched a lot of Indian cinema recently. Um, I have to go back some years because I, I was a bit of a fan of, of Indian cinema back in the day, but I'm going back quite a few years to, to think of some of the people that I remember. Um, so yeah, a lot of these actors I hadn't really heard of before, but they're, they're terrific in this series, really terrific. Um, and as I said, the quality of the writing is, is the thing that stood out for me um, because it's just so strong and believable. Uh, you know, p characters make believable decisions um, within this series. Whereas, as said, uh, again, uh, I hate to keep going back to the Predator, but, you know, the Predator is the complete flip side where people just do the dumbest things that, that don't make any sense. Um, so Ghoul is, is a series that I absolutely recommend to you. Um, is it worth a tenner? Yes. Hell yes. Um, as said, it's it's one of the most enjoyable things I think I've seen this year. Um and it came as such a shock to me because it's such a, you know, it's, it's really flown under the radar. I think a lot of people didn't really hear about it over here. I mean, I know it's um, it's proved popular in India, but I think over here a lot of people haven't heard of, of Ghoul at all. Um, so I'd absolutely urge anybody who's got a Netflix account to, to go and check out Ghoul. Um, if you want something that feels, you know, fresh and and original and gripping and scary but also gives you something to think about too um then yeah go and check out ghoul it, it's it's absolutely superb man um 
as I said, it's available now on Netflix, so you just need to type in Ghoul in your Netflix search box and it should come up um, and you can get to checking that out. All right, well, that'll do it for me. Um, thanks a lot for listening along. I know this one's been a little bit longer than the usual uh, Is It Worth a Ten reviews I do. Um, I'll try and keep them brief in future and, and go back to doing one per episode because um, I know this makes for a bit of a longer listen for everybody. So I really appreciate you having the patience to, to sit through that. Um, thank you. And um, yeah, I'll be back again soon with another one of these. Uh, in the meantime, I said if you're new here, then please do check out some of the other reviews that we've done. You'll find them all um, on the podcast channel or the podcast app that you're using. And stay tuned at the end for a, a little bit of information as to how you can interact with us as well. All right, people, take care of yourselves and I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 